Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Indie Diarist podcast, a show on the human stories behind indie game development. And I won't steal too much time from you. As usual, just a few things to say at the beginning of this episode. First of all, a big shout out to my three patrons. Well, three at the time of recording this. I may have to update this later. Uh, but uh, Zagini, Angelisa, and uh, Fishbump Dev, also known as Sheb. They're three amazing human beings. Angelisa is the admin of the Indieverse community, and Zagini and Fishbump are two amazing, super talented game developers. Go check them out. Uh, the Patreon, I just launched it this month, and it's already going super big. Um, now, listeners, if you do want to support the show on Patreon as well, you can go to patreon.com slash theindiedarist, or you can go to theindiedarist.com to find all links, including a link to the coffee page and to the Discord server. This show is entirely listener-supported, and every little thing counts. Now, without further ado, let's dive straight into this episode with a solo dev tuning in from the US, Joe Sullivan. And his game is an interesting one, you'll see. Alright, hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Indie Diarist Podcast. Today with you is your loyal host and Indie Diarist, Anthony L. Wolf, writer, narrative designer and senior content manager for social media. And uh, today with me is another amazing guest from the Indie Game Development community, someone who reached out via Twitter to myself using one of my contact forms. And his name is Joe and he's tuning in straight from the US. He's a solo dev. So Joe, I guess I'll hand it over to you. Tell us a bit about yourself. Okay, hey, nice. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, my name is Joe Sullivan. I'm from America, uh, New Jersey specifically. I've been uh, using Unity and making games for about eight years now. Um, freelance for a couple, but now I'm working on a game called um, Floromancer uh, that has um, is larger than anything I've created before. And I've been uh, having a fun time with them. Very glad to be here. Perfect. And uh, of course, we'll have a chance to talk about Floromancer um, pretty soon, but... Uh, let, let's start with a little icebreaker, which is something that I'd like to ask everybody as we start these episodes, which is, what's one game you think everyone should play at least once? It can be one of your own, to be fair. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Well, I, I've cheated a little bit and listened to the other episodes of the podcast. That's good. So, so you I were prepared. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to make it an Outer Wilds fan cast, but Outer Wilds <laughs> is my top game of all time. Um, uh, yeah. But just to talk about something different, um, The Witness is also a game that uh, I've connected with on a um, on a major level. Nice. Um, of course, made by the same designer as Braid. I still have to, hmm. I still have to play The Witness, uh, funny enough. I know that it's good. It's on my list, so I, I will get there. But yeah, I've heard many people say that it's good and it's uh, resonated with them a lot, much like Braid did when, when it first released. So yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's a beautiful game. Um, like in college, we had, um, it's a single-player puzzle game, but it's, I, we had a group of, of six, seven people all around the TV theorizing on how to get puzzles uh, through. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's a fantastic one. I think everyone should check it out. Yeah, perfect. So, yeah, that's a game recommendation for you. If you haven't played The, the Witness yet, to just go and, uh, and find it because I've heard good things about it too. So, yeah. Um, right. So, in terms, in terms of um, some questions, just to, to warm up, what... What games do you remember playing growing up? Because, of course, I see Floromancer and uh, it's uh, the style is very pixel art and, of course, very uh, retro in, in some ways. Of course, it's like a... Uh, well, I won't spoil it. We'll get into it. But basically, what I want to know is, do you think the games that you played um, in your childhood, during your childhood, childhood uh, had an influence on the kind of work that you're doing now? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think... Um... The original Zeldas definitely have an influence, even though uh, I didn't play too much of those as a kid. I played them as an adult, and they uh, <laughs> they got in there. Um, 
the game has a lot of influence from like twin stick shooters like geometry wars and um and games like that i i think i you know you can't really help but let games you love bleed into your projects um yeah. and inspire things whether consciously or subconsciously Totally agree. And as, as a writer and having played Outer Wilds, as you've listened to other episodes, mm-hmm. uh, I, I find that uh, that game, especially, and the themes and all of that, they kind of, they're kind of bleeding into uh, a lot of the things that I'm doing lately. It's just, it's just great to, uh, to play those games that resonate with you a lot and then applying them to your own creative work. I think it's, it's a great um, way to, to show them that you appreciated them uh, and internalize them as well. So yeah, totally agree with you there. But when did you realize that you wanted to be to be a game developer? You mentioned that you've been programming games for about or, or developing games even for about eight years. Um, first freelance, now you're doing your own thing. Uh, but was there an aha moment of any sort? Was there a very specific memory? Is there a very specific memory that you that you have? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I um, as a kid, if you had asked me what I wanted to do, I would I would say making games. But um. You know, of course, life happens. I end up, you know, getting jobs, doing other things. Um, and Don't we all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, years later after, you know, I, I, I was a musician, I was um, doing completely other things, uh, a friend of mine held up his phone and said, a different friend of mine from high school uh, made this game. And I must have asked him 18 times in a row, like, what do you mean he made a game? Like, it doesn't, didn't even make sense that you could just make one. Mm-hmm. I thought that you had to get a license of some kind. I don't know. Um, but, um, you know, like a big team or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know you could just download Unity and, and have at it. Um, and, the, well, that didn't really do it. Um, then, you know, uh, I was never like a mathy guy. I was, I was average in school, didn't like reading directions or, or staying in the box. So, um, I didn't really have the confidence to get into it um, mm-hmm. until actually after um, uh, playing The Witness uh, directly after it is when I started um, uh, programming and using Unity. Um, it was kind of a, uh, an inspiration. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I think when you're a kid and uh, you, you look at those games, you feel like, oh, yeah. I wonder how many people uh, were, were required to do this. And uh, usually there were quite a lot of people, especially um, during those 90s days when, when AAA was starting to become a lot bigger. Um, but yeah, then Unity came and uh, democratiz- de- democratization, I suppose, of, of mm-hmm. um, uh, development tools came along as well. And so now there's, it's a lot easier... Oh, easier. It's a lot easier to get into game development today. Not necessarily a lot easier to do the games, but but yeah, yeah I suppose. Um, so yeah, and, and and I'm curious about your own personal relationship with game development. Like, what do you love and hate about being a game developer? Ooh, that's a very good question. <laughs> um, what do I love and hate about it? Um, well, the it, I both love and hate the challenge of it. The um, the the puzzle aspect of trying to figure out a way to get something done, mm-hmm. um, and there's a million ways to do of do it, and almost all of them are incorrect in some way. Um, so I both love and hate that the the experience of going through it and not understanding it is frustrating. But then there's the um, the peak moment at the end when you finally get it, you finally crack it. Um, so I'd say the challenge is is what I both love and hate about it. Right. Yeah. 
I think uh, I think it's a very very smart answer. I like that. <laughs> so, uh, great, great. So you already answered this question in a uh, in one way, which is Thoromancer isn't the very first game that you ever developed. You, you did something else. But what was the very first one, and what memories have you got of that of that Ooh. game? <laughs> um, okay, so when I when I first got on, um, I made a game called Good Boy, where you play as a dog trying to find his way home. Oh, um, lovely. And it, okay. and, yeah, and it was all <laughs> done. Um, it wasn't done on paint, but you would think it was if you had mm -hmm. to take, take a look at it. And um, I, I think it still might be on itch. I, I got to double check that. But it's, you know, a pile of bugs. It barely functions. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I should go back and, uh, and give it another shot. But it, it was um, it was something where I was like, all right, I'll take like a week and I'll make this game. And then, you know, it ends up being being three full months. I think it would resonate very well with the gamers of today, especially those more into the, the wholesome and cozy side of things. Sounds like a very wholesome story. So I think, I think it would find a little audience for, for Good Boy today, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would love, uh, I'll maybe post it if I could even find it. I haven't, I hope it's still on itch. I'm not sure. Well, if you can find it, I could I could play it and then uh, tweet about it on Twitter. Maybe maybe just omit all the bugs and, uh, and everything <laughs> that you mentioned. But but I could definitely say, oh yeah, I had this. Uh, this is this game is about a good boy indeed. Um, <laughs> so and when it comes to working on Floramancer, and we're actually getting closer to 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 your current project, is what is your biggest source of inspiration? Do you look at other games, of course, um, as as you mentioned, but you look at art, music. You mentioned you're a musician, so I'm sure you must find inspiration in a lot of different places. Oh, absolutely. Well, um, speaking of Outer Wilds, I, I made the music for, for Floromancer, and I actually had to delete like a 15-second chunk of it because mm -hmm. I realized it was the melody from Outer Wilds. The, oh, the Traveler's the melody? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, that's so beautiful. I, I, I can see why it made it into your game, yeah. Um, but a lot of the inspiration is coming from... Um, me just playing games on my free time, like during the weekend, mm -hmm. um, and you know I'll play a game, and there'll be a, a small mechanic or or something that I uh, um, think would go go well in Floromancer, and then I'll just throw it right in. And sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. But um, almost every game has something that could inspire a, a system change or a mechanic in um, in Floromancer. Right, and. Uh... So you mentioned the challenges uh, of being a game developer and uh, the fact that you love and hate them in equal measure. Mm -hmm. um, but why are you a game developer? What, what is it that drives you forward? Oh, man, you ask good questions. Um, <laughs> let me think. You know, that's a hard thing to answer. Uh, why am I a game developer? Well, I just feel uh, the need now, the, mm -hmm. the calling. <laughs> the, um, whenever I'm just lying around... Um, not doing it i'm thinking about it or you know i'm 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 itching to get back at it um i'm not so sure why i think it's i love the creativity and the idea that you're when you play a game you're walking around in someone else's imagination mm -hmm. um i just think games are incredible things uh works of art i i just uh have loved them since i was a kid there are so many people who come onto this podcast and, and to this question, they, they usually answer, it's the only thing that I know how to do. It's the only <laughs> thing that I want to do. Uh, it's, it's like, as you say, it's like, it, it, it's like it's pulling, it, game development, making games is pulling you 
in the direction of creating these these works of art and these uh, these amazing experiences. It's something that just that it you find it compelling to just work on on games, and I think that a lot of people can relate with that one. Um, but yeah, but moving on to Floromancer now, which is uh, of course uh, your current project. Um, what I find interesting is the the entire design concept behind it, which is you you basically it's called spell uh, spells and seeds or spe- or seeds and spells. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember the exact <laughs> the exact wording there, but basically you grow your own spells. Is that right? Yep, that's the yeah. uh, that's the idea behind the game. Perfect. And how would you describe Floromancer in one sentence then? Oh, in one sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's it's a, a cozy game that has some more crunch and action than is usually delivered, and it's an action game that has little more positivity and uh, um, wholesomeness than is usually delivered. So it, I'm trying to blur the lines a little bit. Perfect. That's two sentences, but I'll, I'll work with that. <laughs> but yeah, You're okay, absolutely so, right. Uh, so tell, tell, me, tell me a bit about Floromancer. What inspired you to work on this game? And, uh, and most importantly, why did you decide to make the move from freelancing for, or contract work into making your own thing? Oh, interesting. Um, it was uh freelancing it was actually great um but you know you are working on other people's um projects all the time and it's a lot of even outside of making games it's a lot of communication especially if you take on um many small jobs it ends up a lot of it is communicating back and forth um and you you end up making games only about like half the time um because you need to make sure you know that you get paid or, or yeah. that you're <laughs> most that importantly you're act- that you can pay the bills yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah or that you're accidentally like making the wrong thing for somebody so it's a it's a lot of um stuff outside of games when when freelancing and i kind of wanted to do a a more um i wanted to make games more often <laughs> than i was I, I might go back to freelancing one day it was a really good time i met some super nice people and uh, super creative people. Yeah, I suppose you do make a lot of connections, but also there there is a lot of project management. I suppose just uh, mm-hmm. making sure that everyone everybody is aligned and all of that. So yeah, but but going back to the first part of this question, what inspired you to work on Floromancer? Where did the idea come from, basically? Well, actually, the whole idea was my girlfriend's in uh, all, at once. She said, "What if you made a game where you grow spells?" And I was All like, right. yes, okay. I'm going to get right at that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had the idea that I was excited about, about what if you could crossbreed these flowers together and, and make unique spells. Um, and I spent like a month making that mechanic and ended up um, not being fun at all. <laughs> so I, I, I scrapped that and went with her, her idea of just you, you grow spells. I think it was interesting. I mean, you could you could come up with a lot of interesting combinations between the flowers, but I suppose it was maybe a bit too complicated, and it, it brought a lot of balancing issues um, yeah. and and such. So yeah, that was probably the right call. Uh, and, and what is your vision for Floromancer? Like, and when I say vision, I mean if tomorrow you were to release the game and a player were to pick it up, and of course they will because the concept is so interesting and such. Um, what would you want that player to feel? What would you want the what would you, would you want uh, the what is the one takeaway that you wish every player would get from playing Floromancer? Um that's extremely interesting. What am I um 
Well, the main idea is maybe to feel the, the theme of growth, the mm-hmm. idea of um, saving this forest is, is the main goal in the game um, from deforestation. Um, I also hope that they have a, you know, a good afternoon play, play through the whole thing yeah. uh, <laughs> and a fun time. Um, yeah, I would say I hope that the, the theme of growth comes through. And even if it doesn't, I hope they have a, a good time playing this, is Perfect. the idea. Okay. And uh, yeah, about growth, I, I think this, this is a nice segue into my next question, which is, do you ever feel lonely or discouraged as an indie game developer? And if you do, how do you cope with that? Mm. Um, well, as a person, I'm, I'm not lonely. I got my, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. I got my, my cat, my, my uh, oh, friends cat and family. But I mean, uh, for years it was it was lonely being a game dev. I think I've just breached the outside of that, where I have met people who do similar stuff, you know, top-down pixel art games, and we have a ton to talk about. And I got these um, artists who are are great folks and great artists, and it's fun to collaborate with them. Uh, but for yeah, for years, you know, I I would make a, th- a thing and not be able to, uh, you know. Um, I'd spend a few days making something that looks like Mario's jump. And then if I showed it to people, they would be like, yeah, this, this has existed for, for decades. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, it even I mean, survived the video game crash. So maybe, maybe change that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, you'd, you work really hard on something you'd post it on Reddit and there'd be one single comment that says, Hey, uh, uh, yeah, I know that's, Awful. This sound effect is weird, or, or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, and that is tough, but um, you know there is uh, an end to it eventually mm-hmm. if you if you keep on working. Took very long, but uh, there there is a part where you know you'll you'll find it, your group and you'll and, find your and, place. And this thing you just mentioned, which is uh, you will see that one comment that stands out because it has like a little bit of negative feedback. It, it's something that, of course, as creative people, we experience all the time. Um, and uh, today, even I saw a tweet from someone who's done a, I think it was a research, it's a research management game, but also a little bit of an RTS strategic game. And basically someone refunded their game saying that it looked too similar to another game. Um, Mm. and of course that sticks with you for a long time and you're like, am I really doing the right thing here? Um, but what I would say to that is don't let these comments discourage you. Take them in. Absolutely. Um, see if they work with your games, if it makes sense. And if it's constructive feedback, then great. If it's just someone being a bit um, petty or, or, or just wanting to be annoying about your game, you will have tons of other people who will play it and will be happy to do it. Um, so yeah, that's uh, focus on the positive, I guess. And that should help you forge ahead. Um, Right, so I think I think we're approaching the end here, but uh, I want to ask you a couple more fun questions, which are, uh, well, first of all, you mentioned that you have met a lot of people during your freelancing time, and you also mentioned some artists just now. So are there any game developers in the industry that you want to shout out to, uh, or just you want to mention on this, on this podcast? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I've been um, talking a lot with somebody who's making a game called Black Dragon Mage. Um, it's another top-down um, pixel art game, and the guy is uh, super friendly and knowledgeable. We've been um, talking back and forth, a lot to talk about, and you know the uh, 
um, about Unity, about you know all of the aspects that are involved making a game like this. So um, that uh, I'd recommend liking that person on Steam. The game is going to be awesome. It looks great. It's kind of like a, a vampire survivor, but with uh, uh, beautiful looking effects, and mm-hmm. I'm sure plenty of twists. I may have seen it actually because I remember someone. Oh, yeah? I I remember someone showing a vampire survivor like, but with beautiful visual graphic effects. So it may have been the same game. I'll have to double check. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and uh, right. So now onto onto the fun questions. Just to wrap this up. Imagine writing a letter to yourself, but 10 years younger. What would you say? Oh, my God. So that's years even younger. before you started working on games, it seems. You, said, you mentioned 18. Yeah, yeah. Tell them uh, to download Unity. Um, mm-hmm. I would also just say that, you know, everything uh, ends up okay, <laughs> at least for the, for the next 10 years. Uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot that has gone awesome, and it would be very nice to uh, let myself know that 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah, I think they would they would put you on the right track there. And uh, lastly, if you had unlimited budget and time, what game would you create? Oh, unlimited budget unlimited and time. Unlimited budget and time, yeah. Purposely um, vague. <laughs> you know, I've always I've always wanted to make a a, a character collector Pokemon style game um that is um the the same idea of crossbreeding where you could uh kind of procedurally generate or make your own kind of kind of pokemon mm-hmm. um but you, you know, if i looked into making that it's uh you know a billion animations 3d models i, I, yeah. I you know <laughs> so the infinite budget might make that possible mm-hmm. um i have a, a ton of ideas i i can't stop making <laughs> ideas for games but but that one i think the the um infinite budget is required so i would do that one (laughs) although i'd say given the state of the current pokemon games maybe it wouldn't require that much budget so yeah (laughs) okay so i think i think we're at the end now and uh, this is one question that i like to ask everybody where can other people find you and if they do what's the best way to support you okay awesome uh the best way to support is definitely uh wish lists wish lists are um our key for for indie devs mm-hmm. um where you could find me i mean i am on twitter i don't know how long that exists for <laughs> <laughs> well it's not twitter anymore already so <laughs> I guess oh yeah that's true i i kind of refuse to call it x so oh, me, me too <laughs> maybe you can't find me on twitter i'm also on on threads i don't know if that's any better mm-hmm. i am uh i'm Game on threads okay perfect yeah, I'm on Threads too lately, and I think oh, yeah? I think it can become an interesting platform, that one. So yeah, uh, hopefully we can build a nice little indie community, <laughs> indie game dev community there as well. I can see that already a lot of people are starting to come together, which is fine, but needs a little bit of work, that platform. But yeah, mm. seeing the direction of, of X, I, I would very much bet on something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. So yeah, anyway, uh, it's, been, it's been lovely chatting to you, Joe, and uh, it does sound like you're very much passionate about Floromancer. I'm sure it's going to turn out great. And so thank you for your time. And yeah, best of luck with your project. Thank you so much. This has been extremely fun. Thank you for having me. And that's a wrap on another episode of the Indie Diaries podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Joe, who's been such an amazing guest to have on the show. Uh, I truly wish you all the best. Your passion for Floromancer really does come through. And uh, I'm sure it will turn out great. 
So, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. You can find it on every major podcasting platform, not just where you're listening to right now. Uh, you can also leave a five-star rating. But now, if you want to support the show mon- monetarily, you can also do so um, by going to patreon.com slash theindiedarist. And that's where you'll find my various tiers, which include a lot of benefits, such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, and a lot more. And again, you can find links to all of this on theindiedarist.com. Now, I would like to shout out again to my three patrons, Fishbump Dev, Angelisa, and Zagini, who are just amazing human beings and are supporting me with all their amazingness, I suppose. Now, to wrap this up, if you are an indie game developer yourself, please get in touch, because I would love to support you in the show. And I'm always hungry for amazing stories from the indie game development community. Thank you.